the other nice thing about having a cabana is that, you know, there's sunscreen already there. There are beach toys already there for the kids. So I found myself like feeling as if I was forgetting something when I was leaving the ship the first time. But I really didn't have to carry much of anything with me because it was all already there. Well, there there are no beach toys in the Serenity Bay cabana, so I'm pretty disappointed. Hashtag adults build sandcastles too, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, DCL Duo fans, before we dive into tonight's episode, I just wanted to let you know about some breaking news on the DCL front. Disney has announced that on April 29th, they will be holding an event to announce details on the Disney Wish. So if you've wanted to know more about the Wish and what it's going to look like and what it's going to have and all the fun it will hold, please mark your calendars for April 29th. There should be some news coming out that day and you should plan to hear from us because we will be covering what we can as it comes out. So look forward to that. And now onto the show. Welcome back, everybody, to this week's episode of the DCL Duo podcast. And this evening, we are excited to welcome a listener and social media friend that we have who reached out to us. And we were excited to bring her on because her background with Disney Cruising sounds somewhat familiar to us. It's very similar to ours in terms of how she got involved with cruising and what that has led to. And so let me start by welcoming our guest to the show, Carol. Welcome, Carol. Thank you. Yeah, we're so excited to chat with you about all things Disney Cruise Line. Yeah, I'm excited to be talking Disney Cruise Line. We've been nibbling around the edges of Disney Cruise Line these past couple of weeks with some folks, but uh, it's always good to actually talk Disney Cruise Line again as opposed to just general cruising. So, Carol, we always like to start our show with folks' Disney background. And so do you want to tell folks how your connection to Disney, how you got into Disney and where your passion for Disney comes from? Sure, absolutely. I'd be happy to. I actually did not have a big Disney background until just recently. Um, as a child, we, you know, we watched Disney movies. I grew up in the time frame where it was like, I think it was Sunday night where they had the wonderful world of Disney and would show whatever movie or whatever. And so that was really the only Disney experience I had until a few years ago. My husband retired out of the military. We decided we wanted to take our kids to Disney World. And I started working with a friend of mine who's also a Disney travel agent. And we were planning this trip to Disney World. And then she came back to me and said, I think I have something that might interest you as much as going to Disney World because I have a teenage son. And she said, Disney's doing a Marvel Day at Sea Cruise. Do you think that's something you would be interested in? And so lo and behold, we planned that vacation and we went and fell in love. And it has caused an obsession for all things Disney with myself. My children laugh and say that I'm way more of a Disney fanatic than anybody else in the house. So, <laughs> <laughs> Well, that sounds oddly familiar. <laughs> Yeah. So the cruises began and there's never there's never an end. Yeah. Yeah. Our, our son is a, a Disney fan, but I would actually say that Brian and I are, are more hardcore than he is by far. Uh, Carol, did you end up going to Disney World on that trip as well? Or did you just end up doing the cruise? No, we actually only did the cruise. And the only time I've ever been to Disney World was when I was 15 and in high school. And I won't tell you how many years ago that was, but it was a very long time ago. <laughs> well, that's an interesting um, that's an interesting background because I feel like a lot of folks who are really into Disney Cruise Line 
also, you know, do the parks on a decently regular basis. Although I would say most people fall into the category of either, you know, cruise line is their favorite or parks are their favorite. And, you know, I've actually had a lot of people say that to me. And I think a lot of that has to do with uh, my husband and I both have very similar personalities in that we don't enjoy a lot of crowds. And I think to some people that might sound odd, but really on the cruise line, there's only a few instances where you are really immersed in like big crowds. And so I think that that's one of the reasons why we love it. My husband also retired from the Navy. And so he loves being on the ocean and being in the open water. And he he just really, really enjoys that. So I think that also contributes to our love. So he loves being on the cruise ship and being on the water. I love going to see Mickey. (laughs) Well, on the cruise line, you get a little bit of best of both worlds. I mean, it's not like there's like major roller coasters and attractions around the cruise ship, but character meets are much less hectic. The lines are far shorter for that kind of thing. You get Castaway Key if you're on the Caribbean cruises, which is a really fun, immersive Disney experience, I feel like. So, yep. And then you get like the 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 dinner time experiences, you know, animators palette. You get like a lot of Disney magic type stuff in the other experiences and in the and in the shows right that you can get in the parks but without all those without those crowds right i agree and i the other thing that i've told a few people who've asked me about disney cruises is that as a parent as a mom <laughs> vacations can be pretty stressful and you end up really kind of tired at the end of it from planning everything and trying to make sure all the meals are taken care of and the nice thing about going on cruise line is that you just really don't have to worry about any of that you know i don't feel like i need a vacation from my vacation when I'm finished. That's a really good point. It's such it, so going to the parks for me feels like nonstop, like get, get to the next ride, get, you know, you get some downtime at a meal, maybe Gotta on the cruise line. It's, passes. Yeah. A cruise line is such an one, an easier planning experience, I think. And two, it's much more family time, right? You can do family activities together in a low key way. You can drop the kids off at the kids club for a little while if you want to go do something just yourself, right? Or, or you know, as a couple. So it, yeah, it's, it's just such a different kind of Disney experience. It's sort of, I compare it to maybe more like going to Disneyland, which I find to be a far less aggressive planning experience and <laughs> much more laid back approach to uh, to doing Disney than going to Disney World, which is just, oh my gosh. I mean, just waking up at, I think it's four o'clock in the morning, I have to get up here to do dining or fast pass reservations for Disney World vacation. And I, I hate it every time. So. <laughs> <laughs> and the other thing, the other thing that we've often had people say to me, especially friends and family is, well, what about Max? That's my son. He's almost 17. I mean, does he, what does he think about this? He actually, I think, loves going on the Disney cruises better than my girls who are 11 and nine. He absolutely loves vibe. I mean, he loves the teen club. It is just his favorite thing. And he's made friends that he still talks to. I mean, we've been on three cruises. He's made friends on every single one that he talks to regularly. So just such a good experience for him. I frankly want them to replicate something like Vibe for adults. Like I'd love some place to go to play video games in those cool lounge chairs and have a private pool. Like, come on, that's that's amazing. It's a, it's a really cool experience. We always go through the open house for the kids clubs when they're open, and I'm I'm always impressed by that that vibe. Yeah, that smoothie bar. That smoothie bar looks pretty cool. Carol, let's step back for a second. Now. So you you decided to do this cruise in 2019, Marvel Day at Sea. Amazing. Uh, we are so jealous because that's a cruise we want to do. But as you're thinking about doing this, like why, why did you head toward Disney? It was just something, you know, Disney was something that we had kind of always wanted to do with our kids. And I think that's really what sparked it. 
I, I don't think I anticipated how the Marvel is really what drew us to the Disney cruise because we were planning the trip to Disney World. And we just wanted to give our kids that Disney World experience, you know, so they could say they went to Disney World. But I think it just that's what led us there. And then once we got there, I was a bigger kid than everybody else. You know, I, I maybe <laughs> partially because I didn't get those experiences as a kid. You know, it's just I mean, I'm, I'm having to drag my family to the character meet and greets. I'm like, come on, let's go see Captain Mickey. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so, my husband works in healthcare, and so the cleanliness of the Disney ship, I mean, I haven't been on other cruise ships, so I can't really say, but I just, they're just so clean, and the customer service is just phenomenal. So I think that all those things kind of kept us coming back. Yeah. Well, and I think Disney Cruise Line is a, is a smart pick for particularly families with a sort of wide range of ages of kids, right? Like you have, you know, your girls being on the younger end, meaning they're going to be in the regular kids club in the Oceaneers club. And then your older son being in, you know, the teen clubs, you know, Disney's got a range of activities and things geared towards multiple age groups. Yes, I agree. I think it's really, it's a great vacation for especially multi-generational families when, you know, they want to go on it because there's so much to do for adults, but there's so much to do for kids and everybody just has a great time and you get a lot of good family time as well. So. When, when was this Marvel Day at Sea Cruise for you? And it was in 2019. When, when in 2019? It was January, early January of 2019. Almost very eerily similar to us. We went on, was it January 2019, Sam, that we no, did? No, we our, went 2018. 2018. And then you did three cruises with Disney between January 2019 and when cruising shut down in March of 2020. So a little, uh, well, around a year. Which, so which ships have you been on? Um, we have done two cruises on the Disney Magic because we've done two Marvel Day at Sea cruises. And then we have we did one cruise on the Disney Fantasy. We've had cruises booked on the Disney Dream and on the Wonder, but of course, they've all gotten canceled so far. So, Wh- Which ships do you prefer, the Magic class or the Dream class ships? We actually prefer the Dream class ships, interestingly enough. Most people are surprised by that because we don't like crowds and it's a bigger ship with more people. But we actually like to sell concierge. And so the concierge set up on the Dream class ships is a little bit more friendly and convenient than it is on the, the Magic. Interesting. Interesting. Because if sailing concierge, I would figure that you might look at... Because the Magic class ships have those like family concierge staterooms, the uh, two bedroom staterooms and your family of five traveling, right? Yes, that's correct. Yeah. And so when you sail concierge, are you getting just one of the family kind of standard rooms or or how is that for you with uh, the room size? We always get the one bedroom suite. So it, it it's pretty big and spacious and it has the Murphy bed that folds down that my teenager sleeps on. And then the couch folds out into like a double bed for my girls. And so it works out really well for us. It, it's, it doesn't feel cramped or anything like that. What is it about the setup on the ships that you prefer on the, on the dream class ships? Well, I think I really was surprised to feel that way about it, honestly, because again, it is much bigger. But I think that there there's more to do. There's more space for people to spread out. I enjoy the shops on the Dream Class ships. And I also enjoy, you know, the Midship Detective Agency. And my girls are, you know, they, they like to spend a lot of time with us. And so we just enjoy all those extra activities. There's just so much deck space and course, the Dream Class ships have Remy, which we haven't eaten at yet, but we hope to in the future. Yes, absolutely. 
So I'm going to, I'm going to tell you, I agree with you 100%. I love, I like dream class better, uh, specifically for us, the fantasy. We've been now on the dream only once, but the fantasy was our first ship and we fell in love with it. And I can't like imagine anything better, although we'll see when the wish comes out. <laughs> Maybe that'll take <laughs> over as our favorite. But yeah, I just, I agree with you. I think there's a, a few more activities to do on the dream class and the larger ships than on the the magic and the wonder. and. It doesn't feel really more crowded because there's more space and the way that they stagger like the shows and the dining, it, it doesn't feel too overwhelming crowd wise, I, I think. I agree. I think one of the things that was very interesting to me about that is, of course, you know, in the beginning, when you board the ship, everything feels really crowded because there's all the people that are in the terminal and boarding and then everybody's going to the sail away party and the muster drill and all these big events where there are a lot of people in one place at one time. But after that, it just all kind of filters out. And there were so many times that we would be walking around the ship and we would literally look around and there would be nobody there but us in that particular, whatever particular spot we were in at the time. And so I think that it, there's just enough space for people to spread out and do their own thing and not, you don't feel crowded. Yeah, I, I've, we've been on the magic class and the dream class and the magic class was fun because it was small, but I, I think, yeah, it, it, it does somehow feel more crowded. So yeah, I agree. I agree. What's it like sailing out? We've not sailed out of Miami. We've only sailed out of Port Canaveral and San Diego. We were supposed to be sailing out of Dover last September and now again this September and that probably won't happen. But what was it like sailing out of Miami? I would say that, you know, the port is, it's not a Disney a terminal. You know, Disney doesn't own the terminal. So you don't get quite the pomp and circumstance that you get at Port Canaveral with the ears that you walk through and all the Disney signs. And, um, but I think they do the best that they can with it. And it, it feels much more crowded and a little bit more chaotic and hectic. But I think it's because it's such a big port and there are so many cruise ships there. And the last time that we sailed, there were, I think, six or seven cruise ships in port that day. So it was really, really crowded. But it's still it was still a smooth experience. You know, Disney is always so organized and they just do such a good job with those things. But it wasn't quite, you know, like I said, it wasn't quite the same pop and circumstance that you get at Port Canaveral because Disney doesn't own the terminal. Yeah, that that was kind of my experience with San Diego. I mean, we, it was not an inconvenient port. I mean, in many ways, San Diego is even better than Port Canaveral because the airport's so close to downtown. You can walk from the airport to the port, and people do. And we walked from our hotel to the to the ship. It was literally across the street. But that big kind of open warehouse port feel that we've experienced with other cruise lines, it does just feel a little bit more crowded, chaotic, and and hectic. And then you don't get that cool kind of entry onto the ship. You had to kind of walk up a switchback of, you know, call it the, the switchback tunnel to get onto the ship. And that, yeah, it just felt very different than being at Port Canaveral. I'm curious to hear which, what are the, the itineraries that you all did? So you had the the two Marvel days at sea, and then the other cruise you had was on the Fantasy, I presume, out of Port Canaveral. Where did you go on these three cruises? So the first cruise, we went to Grand Cayman and Castaway Key. That was the, the first Marvel Day at Sea cruise. The second cruise was our Halloween on the High Seas cruise on the Fantasy. And we went to Cozumel, Costa Maya, and Castaway Key. 
And then the most recent one that we did was Key West, Nassau, and Castaway Key. So we love Castaway Key. It's our favorite stop. I mean, who who doesn't, right? right. <laughs> tell, right. tell me, find me a person who doesn't love Castaway Key and I'll find you a liar. <laughs> <laughs> there are some people, Sam, there are some okay. people who like to stay on the ship. <laughs> well, I think those are people who've been to Castaway Key like 50 times. Yeah. And we're very much, our family is very much a sit on the beach, build sand castles kind of family. So for us, it's like paradise. We love to be there. We actually had a double dip cruise booked for September of 2020, but obviously that got canceled. So we were very disappointed about that. But we actually have a double dip booked again in March of 2022. And we did, we made it a back to back. So we'll actually have three stops to Castaway Key during (laughs) those cruises. Oh my God. The triple dip, the triple dip. It's like it's yeah, it's like the uh, the, the myth the, yeah the myth <laughs> the myth of the triple dip. Let's let's go back to Castaway for a second. So Carol, you said your family likes to just hang out on the beach. Like, what other kinds of things do you like to do on Castaway? And you sail concierge. So are you getting one of the coveted cabanas when you go to Castaway? So the first cruise we took, we actually didn't sail concierge. We did two connecting veranda rooms. That was you know obviously our first cruise. And then after that, we decided to try concierge. And I just I warn anybody against that. Don't do it unless you want to do it forever. Because once you do it, it's really really hard not to do it. But yes, in answer to your question, yes, we um, we have. I've had cabanas, both of the concierge cruises that we have taken, and that is just heaven for our family. But I will point out that our teenager is not with us because he loves to do the wild side teen adventure. So if any of the listeners have teens, absolutely sign your teen up for that wild side teen adventure on Castaway Key. He has done it twice and absolutely just loved it. Tell us about that the teen adventure and what what they do because we don't we have a we have a seven year old so <laughs> so we're we're like you with your girls hanging out on the beach building sandcastles what is what is it that your your teenage son what is the what is the wild what is it called again the, the wild side teen adventure yeah I want to hear more so it's like it's it's an ex- excursion that you sign up for when your booking window opens for your teen. And what they do is they meet in vibe all together and they leave the ship together the morning that you're, you dock at Castaway Key. And they do all of these different activities together. I may not list them all. So forgive me if I don't get them all, but I know they, they do like a bike ride. They do a boat. They go on like a fast boat ride. I think they do snorkeling. So they have this line of activities on the island that are all included in that excursion that they all do together. And and they go to the they go eat lunch together and they go to the teen hangout on Castaway Key together. He gets off the ship with them about nine ish or so, and usually we don't see him again until about two thirty or three o'clock in the afternoon. So that's really cool. I've never heard of that. That's really cool. That sounds like a cool experience. Do you know what age that is for? Is it just for the oldest teens or is it for the preteens and the teens? It's just for vibe, I believe. Just for vibe, not edge. Also, yes, I think it's just vibe. Age is fourteen and up, I think. What else does your family like to do on Castaway, Carol? Uh, besides the beach, like what are some of your favorites? Food. <laughs> the food. We enjoy the food at the Cookies Barbecue. And I, I'm a shopper. I love to shop. So we love to visit the shops and collect, you know, keepsakes and, and ornaments for Christmas trees and things like that. That's really all we do. We really don't do, and we haven't done any excursions on Castaway Key. We really just enjoy the time to kind of soak up the sun and spend time together in the water and in the sand and walk around and explore some. I will say, if you ever get the chance to do the parasailing excursion, it's the only one that I, I really, I, I thought was 
interesting. And then also after doing it, thought that's totally worth it to do every once in a while. It's just such an amazing experience to get up above Castaway and kind of see the island and the ship. And it's it doesn't happen all the time because Castaway has notorious problems with wind. But on a good day, it is a really fun excursion to do, especially if you've been to Castaway Key a lot already. On the cabana side of things, Carol, I'm curious, we had a Serenity Bay cabana on our first cruise, which to your point about sailing concierge, once you have a cabana, like think hard, long and hard before you do it. Because once you've had one, then every cruise going back, you're like, how can I get one of those again? What's the family cabana like? We've had the adult only side of things, but I'm curious what that family cabana is like in terms of access to the beach and you know that sort of stuff. Well, I we have found it to be extremely convenient because number one, as you probably know, they have a rope between the family beach and where the cabanas are. So the people that are on the beach at the cabanas are only people who have cabanas. And what I found is that people kind of stay in the space right in front of their cabana. So it's really just you and your family. Obviously, you talk to people and chat and things like that. But we it's just a really an easy walk out on the beach. It's nice because the refrigerator is stocked with drinks and there are snacks and there's a nice button that you can press and somebody will come and bring you drinks. (laughs) (laughs) So it's just, it's, and it's, it's great because they have the wet towels in the refrigerator. So when you're hot, you can have like a wet towel to cool down with and there are fans in the cabanas. So it's just, it's nice for a family. We don't have little ones that nap anymore, but I would imagine that if you had a little one, they'll bring a playpen in. I did have a friend that had that. They brought a playpen in and her little one could nap inside the cabana in the shade oh, and the nice. so up it's probably pretty convenient for people who have you know really really small children the other nice thing about having a cabana is that you know there's sunscreen already there there are beach toys already there for the kids so i found myself like feeling as if i was forgetting something when i was leaving the ship the first time but i really didn't have to carry much of anything with me because it was all already there well there there are no beach toys in the serenity bay cabana so i'm pretty disappointed Hashtag adults build sandcastles too, I guess. <laughs> well, let's go, let's go back to the ships for a second, Carol. What are some of your family's favorite activities on board the ships? And we'll put a pin in sort of dining and that sort of stuff for a second. But what are some of your favorite onboard activities? Sounds like character meet and greets or something you enjoy, but what else? The character meet and greets are definitely my favorite. Well, and the Marvel character meet and greets, everybody in my family enjoyed, obviously. I love the shows. I think the shows are really just one of our one of the things that we look forward to the most. They're just so phenomenal. And so we really enjoy the shows. We enjoy the little, you know, they have like the little towel folding classes, just this little things like that that you just wouldn't think of that are just pop up on the navigator that you don't know are going to be there kind of impromptu. It, I enjoy it because it's one time that I don't have to plan a whole lot necessarily unless you're going to get go to a ticketed event. But we enjoy that. We have watched movies in the theater a time or two, but we don't spend a lot of time doing that. I always tell the kids, look, you can do that at home. You know, let's go do the things we can't do at home. So just entertainment, really the entertainment is a big piece of it. The the diaper dash, Jack Jack diaper dash is just a fun, such a fun thing yes. to watch. <laughs> Jack Jack diaper <laughs> It's funny because we watch movies in the theaters on the ship because Sam and I don't get to go to the theater at home. So it is is funny. We're doing the things that we don't get to do at home on board the ship. Uh, And I love the first run movies in the in the theater. But yeah. Yeah, I like the the diaper dash is a great one. And then I think, like you said, sort of a lot of these random family activities like the towel folding or origami or like a minute to win it type game show. These are things where you don't really have to plan in advance. You just take a look at your daily navigator and you're like, oh, okay, I don't want to sit at the pool today. I want to go do an activity and you just figure out what's going on and where. 
my daughter, my older daughter, Ella, is 11, and she and my husband really, really enjoy the aqueduct on the fantasy. And my son, obviously, I mean, he's a teenager. He loves it, too. My younger daughter doesn't enjoy that kind of thing as much, and I also don't necessarily enjoy it. So we just kind of hang out and eat ice cream or get some yummy chicken tenders <laughs> oh, from yes. the quick service while they're doing that. Yes, those chicken tenders are delicious. <laughs> We're big fans as well. They are. Carol, what about dining? What what You said you haven't been to Remy, but applied in there might be that you have been to Palo. But what do you guys think about the dining experience on board? Any family favorites from the rotational dining or adult dining? So I have to say that our all-time favorite main dining room from rotational dining is Rapunzel's Royal Table. Even though the fantasy is my favorite ship, we love Rapunzel's Royal Table. But Rapunzel is a favorite princess in our house, so that goes without saying. But as far as the ones that are pretty consistent across the ships, I would have to say the animator's palette is just really a neat experience. Palo Brunch is my favorite meal as an adult. I mean, I, I just love Palo Brunch. We've done Palo Brunch and Palo Dinner, and Palo Brunch is absolutely my favorite. But but there's just there's so much to love about it. <laughs> There's so much to love about the dining experiences and the food is is excellent. And so we have lots of favorites. What do you like about Rapunzel's? Again, it's the show. I think it's the entertainment, that interaction. The food is really good, too. But I really like the the show that happens in the in Rapunzel's. Yeah, that's I, I like Tiana's for that reason. And I actually like it both for the show, but also the food. I feel like on, in Tiana's is some of the more adventurous adventurous food that Disney makes because it's, you know, it's it's New Orleans style cuisine or cooking and they have some safe dishes on there too. And no one's going to leave with cayenne pepper burning mouths from the jambalaya or anything. But it's just different. It's different, different kind of food than Disney traditionally sort of serves. It's why I keep hoping they'll do a cocoa themed restaurant. And, you know, finally, we can have some Mexican food at sea, which I think would be a big hit with uh, the Disney Cruise Line crowd. But the show is also just a lot of fun, and I thought it was really engaging with our uh, with our son. So, yeah. Right. I agree. And we really, the last time we sailed on the Magic, which was February of 2020, we actually had the table right in front of the stage at Rapunzel's. And so the characters really came over and interacted with us quite a bit. And they actually do go all around the dining room, and Rapunzel's particularly goes around the dining room and takes pictures with everybody. And they're very interactive. And so we just, it was just so much fun to have that interaction with the characters. Well, Carol, we would be remiss in not shifting gears a little bit and talking to you about your passion and love of Disney after your first cruise and your second and your third, I suppose, led into you applying to be one of the Disney moms on the Moms Park panel. Although now I think they call it something different, right? Because it's... They do. Yeah, I forget what they... It was the Disney Moms panel and they've since become more gender neutral because they do have dads that are on there or men that are on the panel. Oh, it's now Plan Disney. You applied for the Disney Moms panel, which is now Plan Disney. And you applied to be kind of one of the folks who's an expert in the cruise line. And you were a finalist, as I understand, as we were talking off air before the show. So what was that like? Like, what sparked you to apply to the panel? And what was the application process and experience like going through that? You know, it. <laughs> I actually applied after we had only been on one cruise. So, yeah, so it, it's kind of interesting. I think I saw it in a Facebook post somewhere on social media. And I thought, you know, I'm just going to go look at this. Just going to see. Because at that point, I had become, well, my family would probably call it obsessed with all things Disney Cruise Line. And so I had spent a lot of time. I mean, obviously, I'd had the one experience on a cruise, which is not a lot in comparison to many other people. 
but I spent a lot of time watching YouTube bloggers, reading articles. I mean, just doing all this research and just kind of taking it all in and taking notes and just trying to learn everything I could before our second cruise. And I thought, you know, I'm just going to give this a try. It'll just be fun to do because I'll learn something from it no matter what the outcome is. So I went in and applied and they give you a series of questions to answer. And some of them are just kind of basic knowledge questions. And then some of them are very specific to Disney Cruise Line. And they also have you answer questions. Well, when I applied a couple of years ago, this is how it was. They have you answer questions as if you were on the panel and someone was posing a question, how would you respond to them? And so I had to do that a couple of of different times. It got a little bit more specific and a little bit more challenging in the second round. I was very surprised after the first round when I got the email saying congratulations, you know, because my understanding at that point was that they had thousands and thousands and thousands of people apply and they narrow it down to like 100 people. So I felt like that was pretty good for somebody who'd only been on one cruise. (laughs) Yeah, that's amazing. Um, But so it's like three rounds and I didn't make it beyond the second round. But, you know, it was just such a fun experience to do that and to learn so much and and to realize that that resource is out there for people. I was in education for a long time. I was an educator for 16 years and then started staying home with my children and homeschooling them. And so this has just been something that has become a passion of mine. And I just love to learn more about it. And it's my favorite type of vacation. And so... My house is now decorated in all things Disney as well. <laughs> Ours too. <laughs> so it just, you know, it was a very fun experience. Yeah, we uh, we have very, very similar journeys. Very similar journey, eerily similar journeys. I'm staring at my Mystery Shack poster on the wall in front of me and uh, I can think about all the signs we've hung up around our house and the number of framed things we have downstairs that we haven't hung up yet. <laughs> so yeah, I can, right. it's very similar, very similar. What kind of questions do they ask you to respond to from the, like, what's, what's the level of knowledge they're looking for here? Well, you know, you're asking me to dig back a couple of years. So I'm having to think about that a little bit. But I think one of the one question that I remember particularly is they ask questions about how Disney Cruise Line is fitting for multi-generational families. I think that requires being able to give a lot of specific examples. One question I think was about planning, like how would you help someone plan a multi-generational Disney cruise um, if there were several generations on the family? Yeah. And then, you know, specific knowledge questions, like you would really have to know the details about the age groups for the kids clubs. One thing in particular that I remember, I felt like they were kind of trying to trip me up on a little bit was asking a question about the nursery versus the kids club. And of course, the rule for that is your child can go into the kids club at three years old if they're potty trained and able to go into the bathroom by themselves without help. So things like that, that you just really have to have a deeper knowledge of, even if you haven't experienced them yourself, to be able to answer just kind of any question that someone might ask about it. Right, right. And and to give our listeners, if you're not familiar with what was formerly known as the Moms Panel and is now Plan Disney, it's basically a site where folks can write in and ask, I'll call them like a Dear Abby site, right? Like where you, you're you asking a question, it's like, Dear Abby, this is my problem or this is my situation. You know, how can you help me or what advice would you give me? And so then the, the, the folks on the panel re- will respond and post the answers to those questions. And sometimes they can get pretty deep 
detailed, you know, it can be something as, you know, detailed as uh, how do I get a, a table at Cinderella's table at Walt Disney World to, you know, can my three-year-old go to the kids club on the Disney Cruise Line? Well, and you might remember we had Erin Foster on the show who was on the Moms panel. That's where she started. Uh, and now she writes the unofficial guide for Disney Cruise Liner, co-authors it, but she's the primary author, I believe. Uh, and she's she's very knowledgeable about the, the cruise line. So the Moms panel is a great place to really, I think, learn a lot and really deep dive into the Disney offerings across the parks and the cruise line. So, yeah, it's a, it's a great resource and it's also a really interesting group of people. So... So Carol, what's what's next? What do you got? What have you got booked right now? So right now we're we're t- the we're talking towards the end of February of 2021. None of us knows when cruising is going to reopen. But what have you got planned? So we've had three cruises that have been canceled. One of which was supposed to leave April 30th and as part of a back-to-back cruise that we had booked. The second leg of that back-to-back has not been canceled yet. It's May 3rd. And so I, I know I'm confident that it's going to be canceled because all May sailings have been removed from the site. So I'm very confident with everything that the CDC has put out that that cruise is going to be canceled. However, I still have to see the countdown on my phone every day for it. <laughs> <laughs> but um, after that, we have we were supposed to be going on the Panama Canal cruise. And so we, when we realized that that was not going to happen, we booked two seven night back to back in September of 2020. So that will be our next adventure will be two seven nights back to back on the fantasy Western Caribbean and Eastern Caribbean itineraries. So that'll be our 14 nights that we didn't get on Panama Canal. Gotcha. Is that this year then it's scheduled for 2021? Yes. September 2021. Yes. We'll start a 14-night journey, provided that all goes well, and I have my fingers and toes. Yeah, yeah, I hear you on that. What, and what's what's planned after the September cruises? What's what's next on the agenda? Yeah, in December of 2021, we have a seven-night maritime cruise. We haven't done the maritime yet, so we really wanted to do the Christmas. So we have that planned. And then the two March back-to-back, which is the triple dip at, at Castaway Key, March 2022. Awesome. And how many days is that between the two? Uh, how, how long are those two cruises? Three nights and four nights, I believe. So there'll be a total of seven nights. Oh, great. So th- those would be on the Dream then, I imagine? I think they're actually on the Fantasy. I think the Fantasy was doing shorter sailings, but don't quote me on that 100%. But I'm pretty sure they're on the Fantasy. Carol, any plans for your family to do, sounds like you had a Panama Canal cruise book, but any plans for some cruising outside of the Caribbean with Disney? Have you guys been eyeing anything internationally or in Alaska or on the West Coast? We have. We have a couple of things on our bucket list. We definitely want to do Alaska. That is absolutely on our bucket list. Thinking about that, maybe for summer 2022, we're not 100% sure because my son will be a senior in high school. And so we're letting him choose the vacation for summer of 2022. And I'm not not sure that, I'm not sure if he'll choose to do that, or he w- may want to do like European, a European cruise or something. We definitely would love to do some of the European cruises as well. And uh, absolutely Panama Canal is on our bucket list. At some point, we want to do that one. We want them all. We want to do them all. <laughs> I know. That's the problem, right? That's the right? problem. And and uh, you can always mix Alaska and Europe and go to Norway. There you go. You get the best of both worlds, fjords and, <laughs> and Europe. Uh, <laughs> right. <laughs> 
Carol, I think it's that time in our show where we will shift over to our rapid fire round, which is Sam's favorite part of the show. She loves to do rapid fire. So I'm going to turn it over to Sam to ask you some fun rapid fire questions. Hooray. My favorite part of the show, as Brian said. So Carol, these are questions about your Disney favorites. We're going to keep it mostly focused on the cruise line, although the first three questions are going to be just general Disney questions. And the only rule to rapid fire is there are no rules to rapid fire. So- and there are no wrong yet. There are no wrong <laughs> answers. And this is a judgment-free zone. So, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Unless you say that Palo Brunch is terrible and then we just can't have you back on the show. Right. But we already know. We already know your answer to that question. <laughs> okay. So your, my first question for you is, what is your favorite Disney or Pixar character? Minnie Mouse. Nice. What is your favorite Disney or Pixar movie? Mm, Tangled. Uh, that's a great one. Yeah. All right. Your favorite Disney song? Oh, gosh, that's a hard one. There's so many that I love. I have a whole Disney playlist on Apple Music. (laughs) Probably, I would say all of the music from Tangled. I love all of the music there. You said there was no wrong answer, so I can choose like 15 songs from one movie, right? So that, that, that would probably be my favorite. Yeah. So that would probably be my favorite. Your favorite Disney Cruise Line port. And I think I know the answer, but I'm going to let you say it anyway. Castaway Key. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Your favorite onboard food. Okay. Favorite food would be probably a tie between the escargot and the black truffle pasta per set. Ooh, those are some good ones. I love them. Yeah. All right. Your favorite onboard dessert? Any and all of the souffles. Chocolate souffle. I mean, just all of the souffles. All of them. Grand Marnier souffle. Just all delicious. Yeah. So for those who are listening, Paulo, uh, at the beginning of your meal, they actually ask you to order your dessert if you're interested in one of the souffles because it takes about as much time as it will take you to get through most of your other courses for them to make you that souffle. So it is um, something that a lot of people really love. All right. Your favorite onboard drink. Now, this can be alcoholic or non-alcoholic. I don't know the name of it, but the last time we sailed, the bartender in the concierge lounge made some sort of drink that had champagne in it and some other things and berries. It was really good, but I don't know what the name of it is. I think he kind of just made it up. But my other favorite drink is I love a dirty martini. Do you have a favorite bar on board? No, we actually have not been to a whole lot of the bars just because of our kids. Our girls don't really like being in the kids. We usually do late dining, so we usually don't get out to dinner until like 10. And usually our girls are ready to go to bed by then. So we haven't. That's on our bucket list to do as well. So you guys haven't experienced much of these sort of adult nighttime activities then? We have not. My husband and I actually had a um, adults only just the two of us cruise planned for October 2020. But you already know the fate of that. So (laughs) (laughs) we're hoping that at some point we'll be able to do. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. And I think it's something that people don't always don't always grasp with Disney Cruise Line is it can be fun to go just to adults like you you can kind of have fun as a kid and then you can have fun as adults. And there, there are plenty of folks on board who don't have kids. So it's it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. I really want to go to the silent DJ party. That's something that I really, really want to do. It is so surreal. It is like we did it one time. It's the and weirdest was, thing. It's just, it's, it's, it's fun. It is <laughs> it's fun, fun, but it yeah. is, it is weird when you realize like if you take your, it just, if you take your headphones off for a second and you see everyone kind of dancing and all you can hear is their feet tapping and you're like, this is just bizarre. And then you put your headphones back on and your music's playing. What's also weird is the colored lights on your headphones sort of tell you if you're dancing to the same music as somebody else and you'll have one color on and someone else will have another color on but 
eerily you're still dancing kind of at the same pace and you're like what is going on here so it's just it's really it's really fun it's a lot of fun yeah Yeah. well and and one of the things i would say is there's probably a lot of folks who cruise on disney cruise line who really don't participate in those adult evening activities because they have young kids who you know go to bed early or don't like the kids club and so that is not an unusual thing we've heard that from a lot of folks but when you get the chance to do it, it they have some really fun stuff it sounds like fun. All right. Your favorite part of the ship. I have two favorite parts of the ship. I love the lobby atriums. They're just mm-hmm. so beautiful and magnificent. And then my other favorite part of the ship is just being out on the balcony anywhere. Just you can go on deck for anywhere where you can go out and see the ocean. I think I just love being out there listening to the sound of the ocean and watching the sunrise or sunset. It's beautiful. Oh, yeah. Love that. Love, um, especially like from deck four, you know, where those uh, lounge chairs are on the uh, larger ships is kind of a great, a great spot to just kind of sit and watch the ocean go by. I agree. Your favorite onboard activity. It, it has to be character meet and greets. It's just I know it may not even be an onboard activity, but it's my absolute most favorite thing to do in the entire world. I love that. And it is an onboard activity. Absolutely. All right. The next topic is probably my favorite. And I know that it's uh, one of your favorites, Carol, from something you said earlier on the show. But what is your favorite DCL main stage show? I'm going to have to say Frozen with Aladdin coming in a close second on that. Really? I thought you were going to say Tangled. No. I mean, I enjoyed the Tangled show. I thought it was really good. But if I had to pick a favorite, it would absolutely be the, the Frozen show. It's just really, really good. Yeah, that Frozen show is really excellent. I love the the bit of puppeteering at the beginning as well. It is. It's really, really good. All right. A favorite Disney Cruise Line souvenir. Now, this could be something you always get when you go on and sort of, sort of plan on getting, or this could be, you know, there was this one souvenir that you just love and, and it really has either great memories or it's just an awesome souvenir. Okay. I'm going to answer more than one on this. So... <laughs> so. So as I told you earlier, my husband retired out of the Navy. And the last time that we were cruising, they had a new figurine, a little figurine statue that is like a Sailor Mickey with Minnie together. And it's like on a heart base. And so we we actually debated on getting it. My husband talked me into going back and getting it. I'm so glad we did because who knows if it'll be available next time. But that's probably one of my favorites. And it goes along with the fact that my other favorites that I have are all the statues from the different ships from the lobby atrium statues. Um, the figurines oh, that we yeah. have for those. We have those on, on the mantle in our living room. And then the other thing that we always love to get is we always love to get Christmas ornaments because we have a tree in our house at Christmas time that's only Disney. Actually, it's really just, a, it's almost only Disney cruise <laughs> ornaments. But So we always try to collect ornaments for that as well. Oh, I love that. It's so funny. We um, have pretty much, well, other than, we don't have the the Mickey mini that you have, but all the other stuff that you just cited are exactly <laughs> the same things that we buy. <laughs> Favorite itinerary that you've been on out of the three, which which one would you say you liked the best? And I know that one of them was a Halloween on the high seas and two were a Marvel Day at Sea. So those might influence which one you pick. But of the three, which one was the best? 
I would say for the for for port stop purposes, it would have been the one that went to Key West and Castaway Key. I really enjoyed Key West. I know a lot of people may not feel that way, but I actually really enjoyed Key West as a port stop. So I'm sad that it might not be there anymore. But as far as between Marvel and Halloween, I'm going to have to definitely say the Marvel cruises were just so much fun. Even though the Marvel day is only one day, there's just so much that happens. It's, it's just really, really fun. Yeah, I have to say that's the one that I'm most jealous of because we did a show um, several months back about the different themes. And, you know, we did we talked about Marvel and Star Wars and we talked about Halloween and Maritime. And honestly, the the one that really sounds to be the, the most fun to me is Marvel. And even just looking at the Daily Navigator for Marvel Day at Sea, at least the, the paper ones that you can find online on the Disney Cruise blog, Disney Cruise Line blog, they like they just theme out every activity. And even the Navigator, it like looks like a comic book. It's so cool looking. I know the Navigators, paper Navigators are a thing of the past, most likely, but um, I don't know. I thought those were really cool. They were really cool. And there were all of these, you know, the nice thing I think about that, and we haven't done Star Wars Day at Sea, though. My husband's a big Star Wars fan. But the nice, the fun thing was that characters would just randomly pop out of nowhere. You know, these Marvel characters. (laughs) One of our favorites was on our way to dinner in the lobby atrium up on the balcony. You know, there were characters there just having like an 80s sing-along and everybody was just dancing and they were singing and interacting. And it was just really fun. You know, those impromptu character experiences are always fun. Yeah, Star so we've been on two Star Wars Day at Sea cruises and they are they are fun but I think that the it seems like the theming and activities are are probably a little bit more immersive on the Marvel ones but I would say the the Star Wars one if you know you haven't been and you like Star Wars definitely a lot of fun and there's you know all the ticketed character events and then you you do get to see Darth Vader and the stormtroopers walking around the ship quite a bit on that day. Yeah, my husband would love that. He would absolutely enjoy it. He loves Star Wars. <laughs> yeah. But you don't see the heroes walking around the ship. That's the difference with Star Wars. You don't get the, you only get actually the, you only get really the stormtroopers and, and Vader walking around as sort of the random ones. All right. So I've got two more questions for you here in our rapid fire. Number one bucket list cruise. I know you talked about a couple of different bucket list cruises, but what's the one you're like, I must go on? I would say Alaska. That, it's a hard choice between Alaska and Panama Canal because I really want to do both of those. But I think Alaska would definitely be, you know, my first choice. All right. My last question for you is a favorite Disney Cruise Line memory. Oh, wow. There are so many. Such Just such a wonderful experience always. I have to say probably the funniest thing and one of my favorite memories is our family was in the concierge lounge. And Captain Hook and Smee came into the concierge lounge. And in the lounge, they have a display of some of the jewelry that you can buy in the shop. And Captain Hook spent quite an immense amount of time trying to convince my daughters to get a chair and break the glass so that he could steal the treasure and run away with oh it. Oh, my goodness. Um, and it was just this It was just this very interactive experience. My daughter will never, ever, ever forget it as long as she lives. And bless her heart, she was so torn. She's like, it's Captain Hook. He's asking me to do this this, but it's wrong to steal, you know? And of course it was just, it was just such a fun, such a fun, fun, fun experience. So I think that's probably, you know, one of our least expected experiences that, that brings back a lot of memories. 
Oh my God. I love that. I think that's that, that to me encapsulates what is so magical about Disney Cruise Line. I mean, we've seen Goofy in his pajamas sleepwalking. We have seen Mickey running around the track on the Disney fantasy. We have seen, you know, all kinds of these sort of random character experiences. And, you know, you'll, you'll see like Cinderella take a little girl's hand and like spend, you know, 15 minutes walking around the ship with her or something, you know? So, There's all of these really magical experiences that happen with the characters on the cruise line that sometimes can happen at the parks or resorts, but they seem to happen more so on the ships. Maybe that's just because there's less people. (laughs) Yeah, I agree. They're pretty frequent. I mean, pretty frequently you see things that are just impromptu that, you know, are, are not expected. So it makes it pretty magical. Yeah. And those cast members are just incredible. I mean, the 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 folks who are a part of that those type of uh, cast members that do the characters are are really amazing the way they know how to interact with all kinds of people from little kids to teenagers to adults to people with special needs i mean they are just incredible in those experiences i agree they are very phenomenal well, Carol, if people want to follow along with your family's fabulous adventures i know we follow you on instagram but where can folks find you and follow along Absolutely. We are on Instagram. That's where I really share the majority of my cruise line experiences and fun and right now memories. So that is Disney Cruise underscore mom of three on Instagram. Love it. Well, Carol, I just want to thank you again for coming on this evening. It's been great talking to you about Disney Cruise Line and hearing your stories. And we loved having you on and we'll hope to have you back soon. We hope those ships get back sailing soon. So thanks for coming on. Thank you so much for having me. It's been great to be able to talk to other people who are as enthusiastic about Disney Cruise Line as I am. Well, if there's one thing I've loved about having a podcast, it's meeting our listeners, making new friends, meeting new people, meeting new Disney enthusiasts and Disney Cruise Line enthusiasts. And Carol definitely fits that bill. She's had a very similar experience that we did and kind of went all in on Disney Cruise Line pretty quickly. So it was great to catch up with her. Hope you'll follow her feed on Instagram. It's always filled with fun photos of her and her family having fun Disney adventures, which hopefully we'll all be able to have more of here soon. I know we're really looking forward to getting back on the ships and sailing soon as well. Be sure to check out the those wish announcements on April 29th that were just announced. It's going to be great, I think, to hear more about that ship. So with that, we don't have any new five-star Apple podcast reviews to read on the air this week, but please, please, please head over, leave us those reviews. They're really helpful. With that, I just want to say thanks to everyone out there for listening this week. Please remember to subscribe to the podcast so you can keep getting great content from the DCL duo each week. Please also leave us those five-star reviews over at Apple Podcasts. They're really helpful in surfacing our content to people who might be looking for a Disney Cruise Line related podcast like ours. If you'd like to send us a question or be a guest on the show, please email us at dclduo at gmail.com or reach out to us on social media at dclduo. You can also head over to the DCL Duo channel on YouTube for even more great content, or you can join our DCL Duo vlog and podcast Facebook group to join a conversation with like-minded cruisers and DCL Duo fans like yourself. The DCL Duo podcast and vlog are not affiliated with Disney Cruise Line, the Walt Disney Company, or the Walt Disney family of theme parks. The views expressed on the show are solely those of the individuals on the podcast and in no way reflect the views of the Walt Disney Company or Disney Cruise Line. If you have questions about a Disney cruise or Disney vacation, please contact Disney directly or your own travel agent. Thanks again for listening and we'll see you next time for another fabulous Disney adventure with the DCL duo. Good night. Good night.